everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, it is Kelly, your host. Thanksgiving's coming up this week, and I just want to say one thing. I am not going home for Thanksgiving, and I have some Thanksgiving tips after the episode recap, but I do want to take a moment. You guys know how I like to get in my feels. I am so thankful for you guys for following me, for listening to the podcast, for talking to me. Honestly, it's been a really, really hard year for a lot of people, and I will say that I really feel like if I didn't have this outlet, if you guys didn't listen to the podcast, talk to me, you know, the the community we have, the the biatches, I would be a fucking mess. So I really just want to take a minute, and I know I say this a lot, but I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your week to listen to the podcast and all the feedback you give me. 99% of it is positive. I know that I talk about negativity sometimes, but honestly, it's such an awesome time, and I really love doing the podcast. And again, I just want to say thank you. Um, If we're giving thanks about stuff, I guess I'm most thankful for you guys for listening to me every week. And I know there have been some rough weeks, especially this year, but I'm going to try and be more positive. That's what I want to do. I mean, I have to be realistic. Um, I can't say, like, this year has been good for anything, <laughs> but but this podcast has definitely been the highlight of my year, and we're going to have some great guests coming up, and I just want to say thank you guys for listening. And yeah, I just want to start off by saying that, but I am going to get right into this episode. It is the season finale of season three. We have finally made it to the end. Also, this is a terrible season finale. I said it before, there's no reason for a reality show to have 28 episodes. And I was actually surprised at how bad this episode ended, Because I, again, like these later seasons of The Hills, they all kind of mesh together for me. I kind of don't remember everything. So it is kind of fun revisiting it. But this episode, I was like, wow, this is a season finale. Like this kind of (laughs) lame. So that's just a heads up. And also it's only like 19 minute season finale, which I think is super short. But as I said, season finale. How many times have I said that in the past like five minutes? How many times have I said season finale? Take a shot every time I just said season finale. But it is season three, episode 28, and it is called The Next Move is Yours. So during the recap, Lauren talks about what happened throughout the season. Because again, it's been a really long season. We are reminded that Whitney got a new job. Lauren also got a new job working with Whitney. Heidi pumped the brakes with Spencer and Lauren says things are finally over between them. She got her new Vegas job. She seems to be doing well. She also reminds us that Audrina Lowe and herself have moved in together. And she ends with this quote. Good friends are hard to find in LA and now it looked like another one was ready to drift away. Do you think there was ever a moment where Lauren kind of stopped and was like, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I'm doing too much. Because again, she's early 20s and I feel like early 20s, you have a lot to learn about yourself. I mean, I was the Lauren friend. I put a lot of pressure on my friends. And then when they were like, we don't want to hang out with you. I was like, why? Like, I'm such a good friend. But in reality, I was putting so much pressure on them. And I still catch myself doing that. But I try and pull back now. There were moments where I was kind of like, am I the bad friend? But I can't be the bad friend. So I think that's where Lauren Conrad's head was at in season three of The Hills. We open the episode with Audrina looking at apartments with Justin Bobby. So it's safe to say that her and Justin are back together. They are a thing again. And Justin's looking good. Justin's hair is looking real good. But she says she feels like she would be so far away from everybody. And when she says that, Justin makes a really good point. He's like, don't you always try and get away from where you live now? 
It's like, it doesn't matter if you're far away. You're trying to get away from there all the time anyway. And Audrina was kind of like, yeah, that's true. So sometimes Justin Bobby comes through with some real advice, not just some Justin Bobby advice. And it sounds like he wants her to be more comfortable. He's being very caring. And again, this is a side of Justin Bobby we're not used to. It's a long way from dumpster chat Justin Bobby. He seems to be caring for Audrina. He really wants her to feel comfortable in her own home. And I'm also kind of like, you just want your MTV check. That's why you're doing this. But Audrina says, people are just weird vibes and tension in that house. That's why she doesn't go into the main house where Lauren and Lo live. She likes to stay back in Chateau Audrina land and just live her life back there. But Justin Bobby kind of says, he's like, well, it's kind of awesome that only you would know where you're at if you move to this place. And she's like, yeah, for sure. But Audrina seems to want her own place, mine made up. She's like, I need to move out. I need to find my own place. And he asks if Lauren knows. And she goes, no, I haven't talked to Lauren yet. Having roommates is fucking hard. I'm going to talk about that a little later in the episode. But moving in with someone, whether it's your friend, whether it's a stranger, it is tough. We're back at Heidi's apartment and Spencer's actually there. And Steph shows up asking why he's there. And he says, Heidi never came home last night. And Steph just goes, did you sleep here? Are you sleeping here now? But Spencer says he has lost his mind. Not having Heidi has made him lose his mind. Steph quickly says, if I tell you where she is, will you not do anything crazy? And of course, Spencer's lying because he goes 100%. She's in Vegas with her bosses on a work trip buying a casino or something. She's gone and might not come back. And Spencer is not pleased with this. He's like, might not come back? What are you talking about? Might not come back. And then he just turns to Steph and he says, are you going to come with me to Vegas or am I going to go by myself? And she just kind of looks at him like, ugh. And then he goes, well, looks like we're going to Vegas. And it's really weird. I know that end of season three, things become more fake. And I'm sure that Spencer and Heidi were in on this together. But Spencer's face is actually like kind of scary to me. Like I've seen people with the look in his eyes that he gets in a few of the scenes in this episode. And I'm like, I feel like that's real anger. Like it's actually, he's... When he gets angry, it's actually alarming to me because I do think maybe at this point in his life he had an anger issue. So right after Spencer says that they are going to Vegas, we are in Vegas at the Sahara Hotel and that is off the strip. I googled it. It's like 10 minutes off the strip. But Heidi is taking notes as Sam explains how they're going to redo the whole hotel. He's walking around the casino area and he's like, we're going to clear this all out. It's going to look like Planet Hollywood. Then they walk out to the back area like where the pool is and he goes, everything you see here is going to change. We are going to put in a new pool and he says that they want the nightclub to look like Europe and New York City. So Brent tells Heidi she needs to do research on clubs in New York and Europe because remember she's a project manager now. Her made up position is project manager and then they head up to the presidential suite and Heidi loves it. Heidi's like, I'm very excited to be a part of this. Thank you for be- having me be a part of this. And Sam's like, yeah, whatever. I know you're not really working with Brent, but I also know that this is really good publicity for my hotel. The next scene, we are at People's Revolution and the producers probably told Whitney to bring up Audrina because Whitney pulls out a random dress and she's like, this dress reminds me of Audrina. How is Audrina? Whitney is the worst at bringing up like random topics that, you know, production wanted her to bring up. But Lauren kind of gives her a look and Lauren actually looks really tired in this scene. She looks like she's just like, 
I am tired. I am not happy. I just want to go home. But I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. How do you guys not see each other much in the house? Well, because she has the back house. So she doesn't even walk through the house. She walks the side of the house. Okay. So like most of the times, I like it. Most of the times when I see her, it's like her passing by. Maybe you guys are just drifting. I almost wish that I did something and I didn't even know that there was a reason. So that I can, you know, we can talk about it and get over it. But right. I, I don't think I did anything. I think you and Lo are kind of like sisters, you know, like you've known her for so long. She could just slightly be feeling like she doesn't want to intrude or impose. It's just weird. Honestly, it's getting to the point where I don't even know if she wants to live there anymore. Really? Then you definitely have to talk to her. You guys should have like a roommate dinner or something. I think the key is just ask her what's up. Because she is one of your closest friends. The thing is, is like the thing we have in common is that we live together. So if you take that out of the equation, I don't even know how close we would remain. I love how Whitney is like, well, you know, you and Lo are really clicky and really close and you're probably not including Audrina. <laughs> like, but she's trying to say it in a way where Lauren won't get mad. Because as Lex said on the podcast last week, there was no, I would not want to be on Lauren Conrad's bad side. Like if she was mad at me, I would be genuinely scared for my life because I know that she, I don't know, she would ruin it. She would ruin my whole life. <laughs> so you always want Lauren Conrad on your side. But after that clip, we are back in Vegas and we have the Pratt siblings cruising the strip looking for Heidi. Steph ends up calling Heidi and asks where she is. And she says she's at the Palazzo Hotel having drinks and working with some Bolthouse people. So Steph goes, oh, so you're with people from Bolt House? And again, Spencer looks really pissed off. And Steph says the next move is his. Steph kind of looks at him and she's like, I did what you asked. Now you have to decide what you want to do. And Spencer just says, green light, here I come. So he kind of revs his engine and Steph's like, holy shit, like he's a psycho. And again, Spencer has like a really crazy look in his eye this episode. It's actually like triggering for me and I don't know what it is. Just his actions in this episode really, really bother me. But Spencer pulls up to valet and just gets out of the car right away and walks into the hotel, leaving Steph behind. And the valet comes up to Steph and she just goes, I think he's coming back. Can I just wait here for a minute? Because he took the car keys and everything. And honestly, I wish I appreciated Steph when this show first came out because I did not like her. I remember really disliking her. But re-watching it, I'm like, she's actually really funny and probably would have been my favorite back in the day. So in the Palazzo, we see Heidi with Sam, Brent, and some other guy. And Spencer walks in, again, looking crazy mad. And he walks right up to Heidi's table and kind of comes up behind her. And he's like, hey, can we go outside and talk for a minute? Actually, he says, sorry to interrupt this dinner, but may I have a moment with you outside? And Heidi apologizes and gets up and follows Spencer over to like an alleyway. And I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. What are you doing here? This is a really important meeting. I'm with my bosses. And you interrupted dinner with them? What are you doing? My sister said you were moving to Vegas and you got a job out here. I was like, I yeah, don't I talk to you for two here, days and, and you're moving to Vegas. I just, I cannot have you living in Vegas with how we ended things. It's only convenient for you. You wake up with me when you want. You come and see me when you want. Like, what are you doing? This is really important to me. And obviously, you don't care enough to respect that. Like, what are you doing? I need to talk to you. I, I can't do this anymore. Like, we need to be together. Well, you said you were done. You said you were done. done chasing you like this every day. And obviously, I'm not. My point was, our relationship was turning into one, me just 
always wanted with you and you just being too busy? Okay, well, I can't really do this right now because my bosses are there. Just come back to L.A. with me. Honestly, this is literally one of the cringiest scenes in the world. I think that Spencer was very controlling of Heidi. I don't think Lauren was wrong when she was like, you're brainwashed, Heidi. Or Audrina said that, I guess. Maybe they both said that. But I really don't think they were wrong in saying that. And, you know, he's like, all I do is hang out with you. I will, all I do is want to be with you and you got too busy for me. And it's kind of like, what do you mean? I got a job and you don't have one? But basically, Heidi ends up walking back to the table, apologizing. And the guys are kind of like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta rein that in. And Sam actually says that. He's like, you gotta handle that situation. She's like, I know, I know. But Sam and the other guy leave, leaving Brent and Heidi there. And she says, I'm so sorry, Brent. I didn't expect that. And he said, you gotta get that under control. This is no joke. You get one shot with Sam. You got some decisions to make. He's pretty upset with her. I also don't blame him for being pretty upset with her. But after that scene, we are back in LA and we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's home. And the Lauren's are in the kitchen making dinner and they're waiting on Audrina to eat. Their um, Lauren Conrad is kind of like, yeah, you know, I told her we were having dinner and Lo wants to eat. Lo actually says, I'm going to eat all the cheese before she gets here, which will not be good for my behind. But you can tell Lauren's frustrated that Audrina is running late. She actually picks up her knife and like hits a pan or something like a bowl. And she's like, I don't know. I'm ringing the bell for her to come to dinner. But Lo says she's sad she doesn't know her better, but is scared to go into her house. She's like, I don't think I'm welcome there. And Lauren admits to spending more time with Lo. She's like, you know, I spent a lot of time with you now and maybe she's upset about that. And then Lauren quickly says, I think I just need to talk to her. And Lo responds by saying, I'm glad you nominated yourself. But we end up seeing Audrina walk out of the Chateau Audrina and she leaves. She doesn't go into the house. They don't have dinner. And Lauren's just not happy. Because again, I don't think Lauren thinks that she's the problem. I think she thinks she's been like perfect through this whole situation. So she can't even understand why Audrina would be upset. Set. And, and it's just really tough because Lo and Lauren are clearly best friends and have 12 years of best friendship under their belt. Whereas Audrina, even Lauren said they don't have a ton in common. And Lauren's also like rude to Audrina. And when I say that, I mean, she can't even bring Justin Bobby over. It's like, Lauren, you dated Jason. He's not that much better than Justin Bobby, in my opinion. But we are back in Vegas. A lot of back and forth this episode, obviously. We are at the Palazzo Hotel and Brent is waiting for Heidi to show up. He calls her, leaves her a message, and then Sam shows up and... He basically says, he's like, can we wait two more minutes for Heidi? Sam says no. Sam leaves and Brent just kind of calls her one more time saying they're leaving without her. And then Brent gets in a car and he leaves following Sam. It's actually kind of a longer scene, but there's not much that's said or anything. It's just Brent looking mad, like standing in front of the hotel in the valet area on his phone. The very next scene... We see Spidey and Stephanie leaving Vegas together. She ended up leaving with Spencer. She's not going to chase her dream being a fake project manager for SBE Entertainment. She's going to go home, go back to L.A. with Spencer and Stephanie. And I don't know. I know that a lot of this is scripted. I'm aware. But it's also sad to see that. It really bums me out that we didn't see Spencer supporting Heidi and her fake career. But back in L.A., we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's home again. And Lauren walks into Lowe's room. And Lowe kind of looks at her. 
And she's like, you look upset. What's wrong? So when Lauren explains why she's upset to Low, it is 100% a voiceover because the camera stays on Low the whole time while Lauren says she wants to talk to Audrina. She's like, I really just want to talk to her. I'm upset whatever's going on. I don't want to lose her as a friend. But the whole time she's saying that, the camera's on low, so that's how you know it's a voiceover. And Lo says if there's a problem, there will be more problems. I mean, it's a roommate talk. Roommates are tough. When I first moved to Nashville, I had a roommate, and I was not a great roommate to her near the end. I was like, dumb with her and her everything that was going on and I wasn't very pleasant and I was just kind of over it and I do feel bad how I treated her but I mean there was a lot of things going on there and she wasn't a great roommate either we just we we ended up clashing really bad at the end I wish her all the best in her life but being roommates with someone is really hard especially when you're in your 20s and you know you might have different lifestyle than them or whatever it may be but I agree you need to talk it out you need to figure out what's going on and yeah, but Lo ends up saying that she thinks the tension is absolutely ridiculous. And Lauren's kind of like, we have a 12-year lead. Like, obviously, we are doing better than uh, me and Audrina because we've only been friends for two years. Did you hear me kind of like stop my words a little bit? I'm watching the AMAs and Kristen just actually came on to present an award. And she looks absolutely incredible. So Kristen Cavallari, you are absolutely killing it. Sorry, back to the episode of The Hills. Lo basically says that Audrina hasn't made any effort either, and I agree with that. I think that they are all having issues because nobody's made like a real, real effort, if that makes sense. I think Lo and Lauren are already friends. Lauren and Audrina were already friends. But meshing friend groups can be really tough, especially when you've been best friends with someone for 12 years. It's never easy. But I don't think any of them made a real effort from what we could see on this episode or from the past few episodes, I should say. But Lauren goes out to Chateau Audrina to chat. And she walks in and she's like, Audrina, you did a great job decorating. And then it starts to get real, okay? Lauren's like, we want you to come inside. We want you to talk to us. And Audrina says, I just feel like it's not my business to go up there. Again, I do understand that. I get why she kind of feels like she shouldn't be up there. It's not her home. She lives in Chateau Audrina. They live in the main house. But Lauren says, Lo and I want you to come up. Then Lauren says she wants them all to spend time together, and I'm going to play the last audio clip. It's a long one, and it's basically how this episode ends. So I'm going to play that in three, two, one. I just, honestly, I've been just doing my own thing lately. I just feel like slowly, slowly, I don't know what it is, but we're growing apart, and I don't know if I, if I did something or if I'm doing something, but it's bugging me out because you're one I of my good... sometimes when I'm talking to you, like, you'll ignore me. It always feels like you're ignoring me because of low. So I'm like, you know... When have I done that to you? You've done it. But when? Many times. Lauren. Okay, I didn't want to, like, fight more with you. I just was letting you know that... How I felt. Everything was fine when it was just me and you living together, and it just seems, since Lowe's in the picture, you're distance, distant from me... I, I've been going out of my way to try to be like, do you want to do something? Da, da, da. And like, just every time you're just like, you well, know, like last night it was really nice that you, you know, invited me to have crowd with you guys, but I already had plans. I know I don't tell you everything all the time. You don't have I'm to tell me everything, myself. but you don't tell me anything anymore. That's what friends do. They talk to each other when they have problems. I'm here all the time. You can walk in there. It's not about you, you know? 
I just feel like Low is the one pushing us apart, too. Low's done nothing to push us apart. On my side. I've never let the opinions of others affect my friendships. Like, I don't do that. How much is that part when Audrina is like, you don't look at me, you ignore me, you text while I'm trying to talk to you. And Lauren says, no, I don't. Tell me a time when. And Audrina just goes, Lauren, like I'm telling you, you do that. I don't have an exact time and date. I'm sorry. But I'm sure the filming does. So let's roll back the tapes. But that's kind of it. That It ends really rough. I mean, they don't hug it out. They don't do anything. They just kind of look at one another and it's done. And during this scene, Lauren has a Lauren ring that goes through like three of her fingers, which actually really distracted me and thought was really funny. But yeah, it's not it's not great for Lauren and Audrina or the Laurens and Audrina, I should say. But that's how the episode ends. The only other thing that happens is we see Spidey go to their apartment. So they're back together and they're going to live a very long life together. <laughs> those two those two crazy fucking soulmates that they are. But I did think it was a really weak season finale. And it's probably because they added all the extra episodes that they didn't have to add. So the reboot has been filming, as you've probably seen on everyone's story. It looks like they just spent a weekend in Santa Barbara. And I find it really funny how, like, Heidi's out of her fucking mind. I love it. There was a video of her giving Ashley Waller a lap dance. So that was interesting. And she's wearing a shirt that like Christina Aguilera would have wore in like 99 or maybe 2000. I was like, oh my God, what year is it? But Jason at the end of the night said, you can have sober fun and Ashley agreed. So I think Ashley was sober at the party as well. But I mean, it's just, I'm curious to see how this season is going to go. I feel like it's just going to be them going different places and hanging out, which is fine. I'm curious to see the drama. Like I said, I don't believe Stephanie is a part of this season. I don't think Misha, I mean, I know Misha's not in it. It's just, I, I just wish they'd stop. And I know that I shouldn't say that considering I have a whole page podcast dedicated to the Hills. I get it. But to me, these four shows just aren't necessary. I mean, I actually really like Jersey Shore still. But even this past season, I mean, there's only been two new episodes. But it's like, why, guys? Why are we doing this? <laughs> What's it all for? That's really how I feel about all of it. Especially the Hills, just because you know they're not really friends in real life. And they've all talked shit about each other. And they all said how fake the show was. But now I'm supposed to believe it's real. I don't know. I don't know. I have a really tough time with the reboot. If you listen to my podcast at all, you know that. But I guess we'll see what happens. It's kind of funny. A few people DM me. They were like, wait, are Caitlin and Brody back together? She was in his Instagram story and like said she was filming for the hills. And I was like, it's working. That's really all they have to work with right now. Because it's not like they're going to get Brody and his TikTok stars that he was quarantining with. So I guess we will just see what happens with all of that. I'm trying hard to get some info, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like Whitney's going to be a big part of it. I think she's going to be a part of it like she was last season. Just kind of like bopping in whenever she feels necessary. <laughs> so over the weekend, I tried to watch The Crown. And I tried to watch the first season, but I couldn't get into it. But I know this season has Princess Diana, so that's why I wanted to watch it. And I'm watching it and it's just, I don't know if it's for me. I know everybody loves it. Like everyone I talk to really, really loves it. 
So I'm really trying to give it a shot. I just finished episode four and I will say episode four was way better than the first three episodes of this season. So maybe you just have to wait it out. But again, all I really watch is like drama shows and it's just very slow. But I will say the acting in it is incredible. I will give like the acting in A++. Prince Charles also seems really awful. I feel like I knew that. I feel like I was born not liking Prince Charles. Like some of my earliest memories, I do remember when Princess Diana died. My mom was very sad about that. But I can remember being like, well, fuck Charles. (laughs) And like, how old was I? Like seven? I'm like, that motherfucker, I don't like him one bit. (laughs) But one thing I, okay, I guess I keep saying, but like one thing, but one thing. But I did notice for this, they tried and make the queen be a lot more like human and loving, I thought, made her more of a human rather than this stone cold bitch that I thought she was. So I guess I'm kind of torn with that because I've always disliked the queen because there are a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff. You know, you know, I like them. But watching the show, I'm like, wow, she's a lot more human than I thought she would be. And then someone DM me and they were like, well, you have to remember, it's not all real life. It's based on a true story. Not saying all this is accurate. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. So I can still dislike the queen. (laughs) But yeah, I will say in The Crown season four, the fourth episode is when things start really ramping up. Before I talk about Taylor Swift and the Easter eggs that she's dropping, sending me into a complete panic attack spiral, someone tweeted me and they were like, you sound really biased with the Scooter Taylor stuff. You just need to admit she signed a bad record deal. I am biased with it. You guys know that. I can say I'm not not biased. I'm 100% biased when it comes to Scooter Braun. I don't like him. I didn't like him before the Taylor Swift deal. But yes, she did obviously sign a really bad deal. And that sucks that she lost her the rights to her original recordings. That being said, I think there are ways to go about it. And it's been just shitty all around, basically. Also, before I get into the Easter eggs, I'm watching the AMAs live while recording this. And I love that Megan Fox is the one who introduces MGK on one of his biggest performances of his career. Come on, this is not real. I don't care what anyone says. This is not a real couple. <laughs> but anyway... Back to Taylor Swift, there are a lot of rumors going around that she's about to re-release Red, and when she does, man, don't talk to me for a week because I'll be crying. Red was the album, I was 21 when it came out, and that album really just spoke to me. I was going through a bad relationship breakup, and I don't know, every song I was like, yeah, I feel it, other than Stay, 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 fuck that song, that song sucks. (laughs) But I almost do Treacherous last time, obviously All Too Well, Red, all those songs. I loved them all. Repeat, on repeat, in my dorm room that I only lived there for a semester, but had that shit on repeat all day. Just crying. And there are are a lot of rumors that when she does drop the new album, like the re-recordings, she's going to have the songs be a little different and all this stuff. But she also said she might release the 10-minute version of All Too Well that also drops the F word. You know I love when Taylor swears. You know I'm a big fan of that. So hopefully that is coming. That will save 2020. (laughs) I guess we'll just have to see. But I also have my clown makeup ready because I'm probably incorrect and she's probably just messing with us. So one thing that somebody asked me was to talk about Thanksgiving and politics. And my advice for you is don't talk about politics. I know it can get really hard, but there's only like one person in my family who has opposing views as me. 
that I can talk to. Most of them have opposing views. Let me make that clear. But my stepmom and I can have actual conversations where it doesn't get heated. We really try and understand one another. And I appreciate that we both do that. But there are just some people who can't do it. And I understand there's a lot of feelings on both sides. But I don't think it's a bad thing if someone brings it up and you just say, hey, can we not talk about this? Like, I don't want to ruin a Thanksgiving meal over this. I We haven't seen each other in eight months. We're in a pandemic. And I just want to try and have a nice time. I want to have a nice meal without getting angry and throwing my mashed potatoes at you from across the table. So I think putting down rules is a good thing. I think rules are there so people don't overstep, you know. Like my mom and I cannot speak politics. We know that. So we just don't. Because it's easier than me getting upset and her getting upset. Because end of the day, you're probably not going to change someone's mind, which can really be like annoying on your side. So I say, if you're going to Thanksgiving and you're worried about people talking about politics or whatever... Just say, hey, I don't want to talk about this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I am not going home for Thanksgiving. And I am a little thankful that I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. So I don't have to deal with that. And it's funny. On Thanksgiving, I decided I want to treat myself. I want to go on a nice little nature walk. That's what I want to do in the morning. And then I'm going to have peas, mashed potatoes, and chicken (laughs) for my dinner. (laughs) Also, hopefully I'm going to be getting a tattoo at some point this week. I don't have any tattoos, but I want to get a G for my cat who passed away. I think it's like the last little thing I need to like put it, put it down put it down. That sounded really fucked up. But I do think it's the last little thing to like close that chapter in my life. Sexiest man alive. Did you guys see who won? Did my third eye make it? My third eye knew that Michael B. Jordan was going to win. And when I saw he won, I was like, damn girl, sometimes you can be really good. Now that you don't have side banks covering up your third eye. Come on, you're you're doing great. (laughs) A few people asked for show recommendations. And I am really, really the worst when it comes to shows. Because it's really hard for me to binge watch a show. I've realized over the past like two or three years when Netflix kind of popped off, I guess. It's just, it's not easy for me to sit there and binge watch a show. I get really bored and then I don't remember anyone's names. So that's my issue with The Bachelorette. Somebody asked me if I could talk about The Bachelorette. But I don't remember people's names because there's too many of them. Right now, maybe, maybe in a little bit I can do like a bigger Bachelorette talk about that that hemisphere of reality tv hemisphere stratosphere i don't know but i guess if i'm gonna recommend shows gray's anatomy is always a good one but you can't get mad if someone spoils it because that shit's been on for 17 years or something so when you find out so and so dies because you were looking on twitter you can't be mad at the person for spoiling it vampire diaries i know a lot of people have actually started watching it since i talked about it on the podcast i love vampire diaries season five and six gets kind of shitty as shows do But definitely give Vampire Diaries a try. I really loved Bloodline on Netflix. I know I don't know if they took it down, but I know it's not like new episodes. Friday Night Lights is always a good one. That's on Hulu. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. I really wanted to like the show on Amazon Prime called The Boys, but it's so gory. I couldn't get into it, but I wouldn't say it's a bad show. I'm just not into like gore. I'm just not into that stuff. But it is a good show from the few scenes I've watched. Maybe I'll give it another try because I know the first episode's really gory, but I guess it gets a little bit better. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. As far as movies, go watch Beautiful Boy. It's the saddest movie I've ever watched, and I'll never watch it again, but also one of the greatest movies I've ever watched. It's um, 
Timothy Chalamet is in it and Steve Carell's in it. And he, one of the son, Timothy is a heroin addict. And it's a really real portrayal. As someone who's had a lot of addiction in their lives, watching it back, I was like, oh shit, like this, I, I should have believed that they knew what the fuck they were doing because it, it really, you know, it really gets on the, tugs on your heartstrings. And also, if all else fails, just like rent hairspray and sing to it. That'll, che- that'll cheer you up. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, like rent your favorite musical and just sing to it and that'll make you happy. And I know I mentioned Grey's a little bit ago, but somebody asked me if I think this is the last season of Grey's. I don't think it's the last season of Grey's Anatomy. I think they're going to really pull that this show out as long as they can. But I do think it's the last season for a certain character. And I'm going to leave it at that because I did some spoiler alerts last week. Not that anyone was upset about it. But I do think it's the last season for a specific character. And I don't really know how they'll do the show without this specific character. But if anyone can make it happen, it's Shonda Rhimes. Even though she doesn't write the show anymore, it's still like I blame her for everything. There was one point where I was like, oh my god, I'm so upset. I blame Shonda Rhimes. Life ruiner for me. It's also been announced that Jesse is taking a break from Little Mix. And it's funny, someone was like, oh my god, Little Mix is still a band? I'm like, yeah, it's still a fucking band. <laughs> I'm a new fan. Don't say that to me. But I really hope Jessie's well. I They said they're not going to talk about whatever's going on with her. I heard she went through a really bad breakup. So so I just hope that she, whatever she needs to do, she's able to do it, comes back to the band, and they can continue to be the best pop girl group of all time. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I know everyone's going to be mad at me because of Spice Girls or whoever. The Little Mix has a lot of fucking talent. <laughs> and as a 29-year-old woman, I'm going to make sure everybody knows that. But that is all I have for the pop culture side. I am about to introduce my good friend, Ryan Bailey. We're going to talk Real Housewives Salt Lake City. I hope that you stick around and that you enjoy it. All right, everybody. I'm so excited. We are here with the bad boy of Bravo himself, Mr. Ryan Bailey. He has the podcast So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. He also has the po- has an Instagram with the same name. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. You are a member of the Biatch family and you are my go-to Bravo person. That, I mean, this really says something is going well in my life if I'm your go-to Bravo person because I am a huge fan of Biatch Nation and, and Kelly from the beginning. So it is insane to be a year later and go, oh my God, I'm actually friends with Kelly now. This is huge. I know. She's coming to me for Bravo advice. This is like, this is, this show's vision boards work. <laughs> am I on your vision board? You're on my vision board, Yes. Well, this is a big deal for me. So Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is the first Real Housewives franchise that I'm starting from the beginning. And I was like, I need to talk to Ryan about this. I need to get some insight on these crazy women. I I am so proud of you that you're starting this from the beginning. It, like, it just shows your growth as a person <laughs> that you're doing this. And I... I couldn't be more supportive of this, and I can't wait to see what you're like. Because starting something from the beginning, I think it's just so much different than starting like three seasons in, because you get to grow with these characters as opposed to like when they're kind of like set in stone, where that's the villain, that's the hero, so and so, you know. So my friend said that I cannot pick a favorite until episode five. I don't know why she told me this. She said, "Give it five episodes, then tell me your favorite." Do you agree with that advice? No, your friend's a liar. She's lying <laughs> to you, and that should not be allowed to know. I mean, I see what she's saying, but at the same time, I don't think that's how any of us watch these shows. Like, I feel like we make snap judgments, and we're allowed to make snap, snap judgments on reality shows especially, because I can just, like, 
if if Lisa Rinna is wearing like a bad wig, I dislike her. You know, I'm like, you can make these snap judgment decisions and then be proven wrong or right. And I think with this show, like I even went into like I've already switched a couple times who I think is great and who I think is bad. So I think that's what the the beauty of these shows are for is that you don't have to like you're, you're not you don't have to be like let's wait till we get all the facts. You know. <laughs> I get that, and I appreciate that. So I need another tip from you, Ryan. Yeah. How do I tell Meredith and Lisa apart? Okay, so, well, I mean, that is a very good question because they really do look eerily similar. Like, Meredith, of course, uh, Meredith I'm, I'm crushing on pretty hard. I think she's so beautiful. She has a family, though, So, but she's separated from her husband. But Meredith, you can, you can kind of tell apart from... One is the voice. Meredith has a, like, like, hi, guys, I'm Meredith. She has, like, a nasally kind of okay. dark, deep voice. And Lisa is has, like, a little bit of a higher, like, just, I don't know. You really can't. You just got to <laughs> really pay attention. Like, that's, it is one of those quick things. Like, it's, I, the thing that I don't mind that they look alike is that they actually are friends in real life. And that's one of my big pet peeves about reality shows. And we've talked about this with the Hills New Beginnings is that like all of a sudden they like, Oh yeah, Misha Barton is a part of our family, you know? And it's like, no, she has no connection to these original people, but that's, that's why I don't mind that they look alike because they really are friends in real life. So they have history that, that, that we get to see on the show. Yeah, for sure. It's tough because I like to drink while watching this on Wednesday nights. And <laughs> Did you say I like to drink while watching this? Yes. <laughs> nice, yes. But I'll be watching it and I'm like, oh, I hate this one. And my friend Megan's like, no, you like Meredith. You don't like Lisa. I'm like, right. So I like this one. She's like, yes. <laughs> but see, that's like, that's the, I, I don't know if you're like this too with like the shows that like, or with the hills when you take notes and stuff, is that it's so frustrating like because I don't I take notes on all these shows now and I used to just be able to do like that of like I don't like that person and I wouldn't know their name until halfway <laughs> through the season which is kind of like what I do with the bachelorette like I have no idea like some of those guys that pop up still are like I don't even know who that is I didn't even know he was there but like with with the housewives I unfortunately now have to like memorize their names from the first episode on with like flashcards just to remember you know yeah, for sure, for sure. So who's Brooks's mom? Is that Meredith? That's Meredith. Okay, uh, Brooke, yeah, okay. Brooks is the, the gay son that took a semester off of college to help his mom through her separation with his dad, but also because I think he just wants to be on a Bravo show. Yeah, I don't blame him because I was like, oh, I don't think I can like Brooks because he's Lisa's son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really difficult. And I'm the same. So this year, I really, you know, it's dark times when I'm watching The Bachelorette when I shit, I've shit on it for so many years. But I'm halfway through and I'm like, I don't know any of these men. I know nobody. Do you, do you find that with The Bachelorette when you watch it? Like, I hate myself while I'm watching it and I hate the show. And then I, then I finish the show, and then I think about the show for the next two days. I'm like, maybe there's something more there that I'm thinking. But then I start watching it again, and I hate it again. So it's, like, weird, but it sticks with me. Like, I can't wait for the new episode, but I know I'll hate it. Yeah, yeah. I like Tasha a lot more. She is a lot easier to watch. I, I compared Claire to Joe Exotic energy. <laughs> The way she's like, this is, I deserve this because I waited for love. And I'm like, he doesn't even really, he doesn't like you. I mean, he likes you kind of, you know? He got like tricked into proposing to you. Yes. Yeah. Do you like, I love that line where Dale goes, she goes, she goes, 
I love you, Dale. And like with the first time she said it, he goes, I I think I felt love feelings when I saw you. Like he was <laughs> he was like going, I think I feel that. Yes. He's like, I'm just scared. <laughs> scared yeah exactly I mean, could you ima- i mean just could you imagine like going on a show and then all of a sudden even like w- like way before the show's supposed to end you're like you want this show i feel like bachelor nation needs to hang like there needs to be a law where these people are forced <laughs> to be married for at least five years you like, have forced. to get married like love yeah, is blind jail like be- I-, I feel like if you signed up for this you better be prepared to be married for at least five years and you cannot just, and you <laughs> should have your Instagram account taken away. Or a joint Instagram account. Yes, like that's the only way. Because a lot of these people want to build their Instagram followings, and I'm not here for it. So like once they find love, they should get like a joint Instagram account and their personal ones taken away. Yeah, I think we just fixed The Bachelorette. I know, like I feel, but see that's where, and you could tell Chris Harrison, I don't think he liked Claire. Mm-hmm. Claire was like, Chris, Chris would come in and be like, Hi, Claire. How's it going? And she'd be like, I love him so much. He's like, oh, okay. That's, uh, well, that's what we're here to do, I guess, you know. He's like, do you like anyone else? (laughs) Yeah, like, well, you know, I also thought, like, wouldn't it have been funny if, like, Tasha, if they go, like, go to Claire and Dale, and Chris is like, sorry, Dale, we have to have you back at the mansion to see, you know, like, make him come back into the game just to see if he's for sure about Claire and put Tasha in the path. That that would be that would be too much chaos for me to handle. I think. It is weird though. After that Claire Dale stuff, like the last week's episode was the first one where we were like getting all Tasha, and it was like kind of an adjustment for me because I was so used to that chaotic energy. What do you think of Chasen? Uh, is Chasen the one with the dumb face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Well, I mean, by the way, that could be a lot of these guys, but I don't. I don't like. I mean, there's nobody. I really, you know what, a, there's nobody I really love. Do you love Chasen? No. Anyone who calls themselves Wolverine on multiple occasions yeah. in one episode yeah, is you, too much. You just got wool. You're about to get Wolverine. And who is that guy he's talking about with the big bouffant hair? What's his name? Ed or something? I've never Ed, seen yeah. him before. He looked like a thick, oh. um, what's his name? The guy who was with Lena Dunham and he writes all Taylor Swift songs. Oh. Oh, oh, the guy from Bleachers? Yeah, he looks like a thick version of that guy. <laughs> and he also looks like, I don't know if you remember Andrew Dice Clay. Mm. Like, he looked like this, like, comedian from the 80s. But, like, he also just, like, if you look at that dude, he looks like nothing's going on inside his head. <laughs> like, there's, like, no, it's like just a big, like, bowl of paper towels in his head. Because he always is, like, and then at the end when he was, like, I don't want to do this fight because my arms would pop out of socket. Yeah, I don't know what it was all about. And then, I don't know. The whole fight was stupid. Jason's like, I'm trying to apologize to you. And he's like, I don't accept your apology. And I'm like, <laughs> this is ridiculous, guys. Get it together. And what's up with the Harvard dude? What's the, the Harvard dude that like couldn't smell anything? But I thought the Harvard dude looked so like Harvardy that I'm like, oh, nobody would like this guy. But then I talked to girls that actually do like that guy. And I'm like, this is insane. No, there's a guy, Brendan, who I like, and he's from Massachusetts. I think he's, like, he has, like, kind of curly brown hair, and I'm pretty sure him and Tasha have made out, but I really like him. He's a front yeah, runner in my know. mind. Like, I'll go, I'll go whole seasons without liking <laughs> anybody, you know? Like, if there's, like, I'll go, it's, like, totally normal for me, like, I don't like anybody here. Right. 
Which Salt, by the way, uh, which bring it back, Salt Lake City, I like so many of them. <laughs> okay, so do you feel like, because I feel like Mormon, like, talking about that is taboo. I mean, I don't know anything about a lot of religions. Like, I'm very blind to that, so I don't have any real opinions about them, if that makes sense. But I feel like with this, them being Mormon is such a big deal. And yes, what, what do you think about that? I'm just curious, because, again, oh. I don't really have any knowledge of Mormon church or other than what they've said on the show. I have like, I have a decent knowledge of the Mormon church because I have a, a couple of friends that I grew up with who were Mormon and I was very aware of like certain of their beliefs and you know, how they live their life with like, you know, their body is a temple. I think it well, by, and by the way, you're right. It is taboo. You are not supposed to speak about what you see in the temple. Uh, you know, there are sacred things that are secret in the Mormon religion, you know, and what, but what I think about it is I think it gives it such a foundation, mm-hmm. this show. Like, it, I mean, it makes it that much more, like, it deepens because you have this backdrop of religion, like, the of actually trying to attain perfection to get to our maker, supposedly, if you believe in God. Right. Like, that's a pretty, those are pretty big feelings and emotions that get into that. So already it's like, you have life and death mixed in with this show because people are talking about like God and this religion and beliefs. And that's, what's making it different for me than say New York or Beverly Hills, where all the ladies just believe in themselves. (laughs) They're talking about their belief in God. Like, I mean, it really totally strikes a different tone for me because they're still being ridiculous and it's like money and clothes, but God is like the backdrop in a way. And I think that just gives it, a little more like a little more weight and i think that's why you're i feel like it's it's succeeding because they're already talking about these big issues intermixed with things like you smell like hospital you know okay yes that quote took me out like when mary said that to jen i laughed so hard i thought that so was incredible that was that line i mean one of my favorite singers ever, and now I'm just going to have to tell people they smell like hospitals. That's what I mean. Like, and that was in the first episode. Like, and know what that the quote works so well is because you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's real. Because we all have like wacky friends or something that have said something so bizarre and weird that it is like you couldn't even make it up if you wanted to. Like, a screenwriter could not make that up. A screenwriter would never go, you smell like hospital. Like, it's just a line that is so real and personal that you're like, this is why I love reality shows, is because I will now think about that for the next year. Are you going to use it on anybody like Max, Max Elrich? (laughs) Oh, God, I hate that dude with the pad. I know you hate him as well, but what a... just what a douche i i hope max eventually smells like hospital because like, that means he'll be in the hospital because i do not like that guy what he has done to demi like and really somebody that already was like obviously dealing with emotional issues and i think her confidence this cannot help demi's confidence of like wow i truly picked the worst dudes <laughs> and did you see commented being like stop using our breakup for clout clout for clout like who are you, dude? Like, it's it's so frustrating. Like, this is I get so frustrated with life in general because there's not like just an all around life referee like they have in sports. Like, <laughs> I feel like a entertainment referee needs to step in and go, Max, you are in the wrong. You cannot say stuff like that because that's just flat out ridiculous. You're a nobody. Like, there needs to be a referee that says, 
okay, you're out. Demi, so sorry. That's completely wrong. You know, like, he shouldn't even be allowed to say things like that. Like, that's a personal foul. I mean, it's completely a personal foul. This guy seems like he has a playbook that he's been using for years. And, like, it just shows you, I mean, that, like, sometimes, like, I mean, it's 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 a form of con artist, you know? Speaking of Karn, you know what the funny thing is? I brought you on here to talk about Real Housewives, Salt Lake City. I have my notes, but I just love your pop culture takes. So I just need to talk more than Salt Lake City. Oh my God, yes. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I was hoping we would talk about everything. Okay, so speaking of con artists, Justin Bobby's now ex-girlfriend just like lit yeah. him up on social media, called him a loser, con artist, um, reality TV star and is a clown. And I don't know much about Lindsay Pettis, Pettis, whatever her name is, but I do know that she just became an icon. Well, yeah, I found that out from your Instagram page, and I've always thought of Justin Bobby as trash. Yeah, and also like he's one of those guys. Like when I when we heard his music on the Hills New Beginnings, and I'm like, oh. He's also one of those good-looking people that people say are talented, but in reality, it's like, dude, nobody would listen to your music, ever. <laughs> like, that's, it's ridiculous, and there are those type of hot guys that girls are like, oh my god, you're fascinated, when in reality, they're barely talented. Mm-hmm. So Justin Bobby thinks of himself as an artist, and a, you know, a, a world traveler, and like, you know, a, 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 a beat poet, or whatever, but he's not. He's just a dude that can grow his hair faster than all of us. You know, like, he's just one of those guys that can, like, get long hair at a moment's notice and, like, look cool in a leather jacket. But in reality, is ridiculous. But Lindsay Pettis, I love the con artist comment because I want to know more about that comment because that's the comment that fascinates me. I knew, like, is I want to know what he did. And by the way, she is that typical, like, when she showed up on New Beginnings, you know, when he brought her around, I was like, that is so... I mean, Justin Bobby wants to pretend he's an artist, but then he picks somebody that is so, such a, no offense to Lindsay, you could put her in an IG model box. Well, she, I think she's the OG. Stereotypical. She's like the original Instagram influencer, I'm pretty sure. That's like, she has like 8.7 million followers. No, I see, I didn't know that. See, I kind of like, I don't really follow a lot of Instagram influencers or Mm -hmm. I don't follow, like, I don't follow any girls that do like bikini pics thing. I don't think I do. Maybe I do, but. I don't really so the fact that Justin Bobby brought that I was like oh yeah you're a real artist bro like you're a real artist you went after that and no offense to her but obviously he's just like every other douchebag guy except that like he has more access to a wider array of girls than most guys. So I've never told anyone this story about how I got him to do a live with me. And you're getting the exclusive. I know it's on my podcast, but you're hearing it first. Um, So I was talking to his ex-girlfriend at the time, Courtney. She emailed me and she was like, do you want Justin on your podcast? And I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, who's Courtney? Who is this girl? And then we kind of went back and forth and settled on a live. So the live went great. He was very nice. I mean, there were a lot of technical difficulties, but he made it work. We did our best. So after I sent an email following up being like, thank you so much for coming on the live. I want to send you merch. I have merch that say, you know, homeboy wore combat boots to the beach. And Courtney was like, yeah, send it to this address. So I sent it to her and she goes, Justin left me to be on the Hills reboot, but can I still keep the merch? (laughs) 
so yeah, she took a picture in the merch and was like, um, never trust anyone who wears combat boots to the beach and has a small dick. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. See, those are the things that I pray for, for those like really good looking guys and they all have small dicks. Like I pray to God. Cause like, I just, I'm like, please, please, please. You know? Do you think girls will ever stop falling for Justin Bobby, Ryan? No, no, never, 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 <laughs> never. Because even like, even the girls that like, I made fun of him on my IG and like, even girls were like, he's still hot. And I'm like, yeah, like, but then like, yeah, he is. So girls, I think will always get taken in a way because they're just like, you know, it's like anything like looks. I hate that. I hate we live in a look based society, but Justin Bobby's going to be fine for the rest of his life. But somebody's going to end up having to pay for everything he does. Some poor woman you know it's not Lindsay anymore no thank god obviously she's not gonna have trouble getting any other guy you know yeah for sure for sure Lindsay will be fine (laughs) (laughs) so back to real housewives i know we keep taking detours thank you for being okay with that oh my god yes of course do you know how old whitney is uh you know i'm this is so funny. I've had a lot of people actually ask me about this question. Because I Googled I, it. I can't find it. Yeah, I don't know. The things that we have to go on, though, is in the first episode, we find out she is in a relationship with somebody 18 years old, her, old her senior, older her senior, uh, 18 years older than her, and that she wore her prom dress to her wedding with this guy, and they both were with different people before that. So I have a feeling... I have a feeling she's, I wouldn't be shocked if she's 29. Wow, really? Okay. But I could be, I, I could be completely wrong. I was thinking like 31, 32. So we're, we're in the same age range. Yeah. I mean, but like that, that is, I mean, that's just my feeling on that. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm right, but it's, I mean, she does look extremely young and he doesn't look like he's in his 60s so I I think that you know oh that's a good point I didn't even think of his age I was only thinking of her age yeah no I mean so putting that together and she seems like she's very you know uh, just very youthful energy and that's not just her baby doll voice you know yeah yeah now that I'm thinking of his age I'm like yeah he's probably like 48 or something a lot of people are very annoyed with Whitney, but I got to tell you, I love Whitney because I believe like we got, we have her step here. Her dad is a character now and her dad is wild with his hairstyle that, that looks like, you know, uh, so many people like, like looks like Pete Wentz from fallout boy. And he's like <laughs> in his like mid sixties or something. And, you know, he's struggling with pill addiction. And then she, you know, we eventually, like she says, like, she hasn't confirmed it yet, but she says that Lisa Barlow said that she's going to let everybody know she's a swinger if, uh, if you know, she talks bad about Lisa. So I'm like, but she didn't say she wasn't a swinger, if you noticed. Yeah. She's <laughs> she's like, damn, <laughs> my whole spot's going to She just said get... she didn't want to talk about it, or she didn't want to talk about it at the dinner table. So, yeah, I mean, I find that fascinating, too. It's like, wow, she could be a swinger, which is just a whole nother ball of, like, like, weirdness in utah yeah and and it's taboo like around the country i feel like with swingers especially like if you guys want to do it that's again i'm someone who doesn't really care but a lot of people would like look the other way well i don't care but i am fascinated yes because i never could do that i don't i mean i'm like 
I would be so shy and embarrassed. Like, there's just it just doesn't fit with like my like. There's no part of my insecurities that would do do good there. But like the fact that it exists is wild to me, and I want to know more about that. So, who is your favorite so far on Real Housewives Salt Lake City? Um, so I gotta go. Like it was. This has changed a little bit. So I think. Um, I think. Well, it was it was. I think Meredith is a good anchor. Like, I think okay. Meredith is a good anchor where she's not, she doesn't seem batshit crazy, but she has Brooks as her son. She has the marriage that is separating, but she doesn't seem insane. So I think that's a really good anchor role. So she is like, kind of like my one, like we need her. So everybody else can go batshit. So that's my number one. My number two switched actually my number two, when I first watched the first episode, I thought it was going to be Jen Shaw. Um, but cause Jen Shaw is just like made for reality TV. In fact, I feel like she's trying too hard in some ways where I'm like, girl, you've studied reality shows because you are giving everything and you do not need to work this hard. I was going to um, ask, do you think she's going to like burn out too quick? That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes I feel like a star will burn out and like, she's already selling merchandise on her Twitter, and I'm like, girl, don't do that yet. Like, let people come to you. We already love you. Do not, like, you know, she has the Shaw Squad, which are, like, the 16 assistants she has, <laughs> which she doesn't even have a job, so I really still don't know what the assistants do besides get her ready for parties and stuff. But, um, so, my other thing, so Mary. We got to talk about Mary. Mary is a Pentecostal uh, lady that, that was left a Faith Temple church, and she is a, uh, a preacher and the head of this church, but she's also married to her step-grandfather. Oh, my God. Because her grandmother left that to her in the will, which is just, right, all of this is insane. But, like, so the first two episodes, you're like, this girl is batshit because she's batshit. She's the one that said you smell like hospital. But then the third episode, it weirdly humanizes her in a little bit of a way. Like, it almost is like they knew that, like, these are they were showing her in such a crazy light that they actually come back and they start like talking. They, they kind of start going into her life. We meet the step grandfather and like, it's an insane relationship. And if you think about it, it's just so wrong, but the guy himself doesn't even seem crazy. You get to see like, so there's like a little bit of a humanizing element, but to me that is like a star reality show player, but I do not think we will get her past this first season. Cause she's a cult leader. Allegedly. It's like, yeah, if you look up Faith Temple, it is what uh, it is what is considered a cult, you know. So I do not think there is any chance she will make it past the first season because a lot of people are starting to bring up elements of her embezzling from the church and things like that. So I I will be really shocked because of the attention this gets if she signs on for another one, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and then I got to say Whitney, Whitney, then Whitney is my next one. Okay. Then Jen Shaw and Lisa Barlow would be my last. What about my girl, Heather? Oh my God. Oh my God. Heather. So, oh my God. Heather actually, wait, wait, wait. I want to, Heather, I want to switch to my number one, Meredith number two. Yes. Heather actually is my first, is my first because she's giving us everything. And at the end of the day, in episode three, especially you see, this woman has a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. She... Uh, she has a family. Her husband divorced her. Said she didn't, you know, he didn't want to be with her anymore. And she has a, this really beautiful scene where, she, uh, like, five or six of her employees all got pregnant at the same time, and she throws them a baby shower. And of course, they all got pregnant at the same time because, you know, they're Mormons in Utah. 
But uh, so they all got pregnant at the same time. She throws in this huge party, but she's asked like by one of her friends, I think is that like, well, you know, they weren't in a, she, she was in a loveless marriage, but she said, I would have stayed in that marriage just because that's what the Mormon religion says to do. I, and she's like, I would give anything not to have gotten divorced. I would have stayed with him for the rest of my life because that's the, the sacrament you take, the sacrament of marriage. And I thought, I just, I really, I really respect her right now. And I really think she's, and also she's funny and gives us good reality show moments aside from all of that. Yeah, she's definitely my favorite. And I like that she's very much herself. One of the first things she said, she's like, I like to drink, listen to rap music and kiss black guys. And that's not good in the Mormon church. And I was like, I like her. I like her. Yeah. No, I mean, she's really good. But at the same time, just think about what a, what she's talking about is such a weighted discussion. And I like that they're kind of, they're not like putting a heavy hand on this, but you know that like, man, this is a girl that has had to kind of go through hell the last couple of years or ever since her divorce. And she really is walking through life thinking something is wrong with her in a way. And all of these things that like, she's kind of having to confront certain aspects of how she was raised and her religion. And I think those are like really huge things for a reality show to even have in the background. Especially because, like I said, I've, I'm very new to the real housewife world. So maybe I'm incorrect, but it seems like, that doesn't always come up. It seems like I watch Real Housewives of New York and all they do is want to party. Like maybe they'll yeah. bring up someone having a drinking problem, but that doesn't really matter at the end of the day to them. No, I mean, like even Ramona went through a divorce and it wasn't, I mean, it's still talked about here and there, but it's it's never really like delved into, you know? And I think we're already three episodes into this and I feel like I'm learning so much about each of these ladies, especially Heather. Do you think these women knew they had to bring it? Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that they did switch production companies halfway through filming. So I think whatever they did in that switch, I think they sh- like uh, in the second episode, you see a scene that was four months earlier. They flash back to four months yep, earlier. Yep. And which means that they were shooting for quite a long time. And we've only seen one little piece of footage from that four months before. So what I think happened was they started shooting and I think they scrapped probably a good four months of shooting and but in the meantime the cast probably really gelled things got like they really got to know each other because i feel like from episode one they're extremely comfortable around each other Mm -hmm. and i think that's what more reality shows have to do is like take their time they announced real housewives of salt lake city over a year ago at BravoCon, and it took a year to come out so I think that time, you know, it seems like it's paid off because each of these first three episodes have been really stellar in my book. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I did know that it, it was announced at BravoCon, but I thought that all this was filmed, like, is it still all from about a year ago, what they're showing us? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, that's the one thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't have, like, you know what the actual continuity is. Like, I don't know things like that. And I usually try not to dig too much into that just because it sounds funny, but I want to be taken away by the magic, you know, but I will note, I did notice that four month thing and I do know they switch production companies. So knowing enough about these shows, that's what I kind of figure happened, but I could be wrong. They did a similar thing with real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season where they scrapped the first couple months of filming and uh, really started playing up the, the Denise and Brandy stuff once that all got going. 
So out of all, I like I said, there's only three episodes of this season series so far, so it's tough. But how's it? How you think it's gonna go? How do you think this season's gonna go? I feel like people either they're just super hungry for new Bravo yeah. content, or yeah. they actually really like it. What are you? Do you think it's kind of both? I think it's a mixture of both, of course. I mean, luckily, I mean, I I think people would have said they loved it regardless. The fact that it is because I feel like you have to support another Real Housewives franchise if we want these things to keep going. You know, like mm-hmm. you've got to really put your full support behind it. But I think we kind of lucked out in that, like, it surprised a lot of us where it's like, whoa, this is actually good. In fact, I'm kind of curious, like, oh, wait, how many how many episodes are they doing this season? I hope they don't burn out because already three episodes in, I'm like, this is how do they keep this pace up? You know, um, but I, I I think it's just we're also relieved, I think, because this air is after Real Housewives of Orange County. And I think Real Housewives of Orange County is they're doing it such a disservice airing it right after that because you go to see Real Housewives of Orange County, which I think has the worst casting of any reality show this season. And then you get to watch something with like perfect casting. Like it all comes down to casting in these mm-hmm. shows. You know, like it's like when there's a good cast that actually kind of uh, irks each other or gets along, those things work. And we're, right now, Real Housewives of Orange County has like six ladies that don't seem like they would hang out ever in their real lives it seems so forced i can't wait for it to be over they need to start from scratch in my book and uh and really take the time and and that's where i feel like salt lake it's like wow they they seem like they took the time to see make something work and these these women are perfectly cast right now or at least in my opinion they are yeah i agree because like you said they they gel well but they're definitely different too which is something i like yeah like isn't it cool like when I think the reality shows that really work best are the ones that actually take us through something that like take us through a lifestyle or something that we don't really know much about. Like, you know, like I don't know, uh, I've never, I don't know what the Utah Mormon scene is like, like this is new for me to actually, it's like a part of society that I am not aware of. And I think those shows sometimes work really well. Like uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Uh, I mean, like, like it's kind of like Vanderpump rules took us through, like the L.A. bar scene or something, you know? It's like it kind of gets you into something that you would never know about, like TLC does with, like, 90 Day Fiance. Like, I'm never planning on marrying somebody from overseas, but I get to watch it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's even like Laguna Beach was the real O.C., so you could see how Marissa and Ryan really lived type of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quote, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So do you know anything about the upcoming season of Vanderpump Rules? Because I am very curious. That was the show that got me into Bravo. And when I say got me into it, I mean about two and a half, three years ago. But I want to know what's going to happen. And I feel like you know something. So, I, you know, they have officially not been even picked up yet. So oh, okay. They, uh, it is really, and there is a Bravo rep that has gone, like Jack's tried to say in one of his IGs that like, yeah, we're going to be starting filming soon. And that is just bullshit. They have not made any kind of actual solid plans. Um, and I think a lot of the cast members are getting a little worried about it, but, uh, yeah, I think through, you know, everything that happened with the Stasi firing and, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that had a lot of things to do with that you know, had like connections with that show. I think they're really trying to figure out how they do bring it back. 
And do we really want to focus on Jackson, Brittany having a baby, Lala having a baby, Sheena having a baby? It, it makes it a different show entirely. So I think what is really happening, what we're seeing happening is Bravo executive potentially really trying to figure out the way to go. Do we go over to Tom Tom? Do we start a show there? Um, you know, do we, do we keep the two Toms and lose everybody else? I do have a theory that I don't, I have not proven yet, but that Randall Emmett Lala's, uh, fiance has been filming all of these baby showers or paying for crews to film these because I feel like he's potentially going to shop a series around after whatever happens with Vanderpump rules gets decided and that Stassi and Bo would be a part of that as well as Kristen. They would never be able to mention Vanderpump, but it would be about, you know, say a a group of kids in their thirties or mid thirties, all starting families. You know what I'm saying? I think Randall potentially, which would be a smart idea on Randall's part, uh, because you already have a built-in audience. Uh, I just think something like that might happen if Bravo decides to go with, we're going to start with all an all-new cast. Wow, that's really interesting. And it seems like Stasi hasn't really lost much of a fan base either. No, no, I mean, I mean... If anything, people have gotten really stubborn with liking her. Of like, no, we're going to like her no matter what she does because nobody's going to tell us what to do, which is fine. But, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what Stassi does with that audience, you know? And I, I, my hope is that Stassi continues to be an advocate for learning and growing. And I, you know what? I mean, I don't necessarily think she'll do that, but I hope she proves me wrong. You know, I, I just think we're like in a, in a day and age where like her whole brand was basic bitch. And I just feel like we are definitely in a time period right now where unfortunately we cannot be basic bitches anymore. We got to move past that. We can't be basic bitches anymore. I love that. And I agree with you. You know, I'm sure I've said things that have upset people, but you have to just constantly learn, learn from it. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, I've made mistakes so many times and said so many stupid things on my podcast. And I, but, but I will say, I have learned a great deal from my listeners and from my guests, and that is the coolest thing. But also, I've never come from a point of like a huge ego of like, no, I'm definitely right. And I think Stassi has sometimes come from a point of view of, she was always right. And right. I think that's a really hard place to come from. Yeah, definitely. Like someone, I posted something in my story and someone was like, this is offensive. And I was like, thank you for teaching me that. I will not repeat that. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's definitely had a couple of times. We're all getting into, argu- you know, I, I get into arguments a lot, not arguments, but like people like, well, some, uh, a handful of people will really come up against me when I make fun of Khloe Kardashian's face so much, you know, because it changes so much. But my whole point of this bit that I do is that she's, you know, I, I'm not trying to make Chloe feel bad, but I'm trying to also say that like, yo, I have a, a niece that's 11 years old. I'm petrified for her to someday get on Instagram and think that is the standard of beauty, not knowing that this girl is face-tuning herself within an inch of her life on top of getting surgeries. You know, I just don't think that's also the lesson to such a huge female audience that Khloe Kardashian or any of the Kardashians should be presenting, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. People will tell me, you know, just certain things. When I post, like, a story, they'll be like, your skin looks weird, or, like, your eyebrows. I'm like, I'm not face-tuning anything. Like, I'm in bed. Like... <laughs> Well, by the way, I mean, I, I mean, and also in that sense, like, I, I do not love the way I look, but that's why it's like, you'll, I, I, it, it'll take a lot for me to do one of those talk to the camera things. Yeah. Like, I hate, I hate that with a passion. Like, I don't do tons of those on my Instagram stories. So when I do, it's like, really, 
just know there's always a pit in my stomach when I do that stuff because I'm not sitting there like I do not want to make my look self look like somebody that I don't look like. Yeah, if you meet me in person, I want you to know what I look like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my worst nightmare is that like somebody from the podcast thinking I look a certain way and then they meet me and they're like, holy crap, this is so much worse. Like, I know that would never really truly happen, but in my mind, sometimes that's where my paranoia would kick in. So that now that I have you on the podcast, I need to ask you, what, what are we thinking about Bieber right now? How, how are we feeling about our boy Justin Bieber? Oh, man, listen, I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I am so, I am, I, you know what, I gotta say, I think this was you, like, I do think him and Haley will make it for at least a long while. Like, I mean, I, I, I know, I, I think I voted in your poll. Didn't you do the poll? I that? did, yes. I was curious. Yeah, like, I don't, I think they genuinely love each other, but, like, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like to be either of them so their definition of love is so has to be so insane but i don't know like obviously i think justin is a very fragile human being and he's trying you know like i think he's (laughs) trying and he really loves the lord and like i mean you know and thankfully he's i think he's battled his drug addictions successfully at this point i think Mm -hmm. knock on wood uh, which you were the one that really pointed out a lot of things that I think you were dead on the money about. But I worry about, just because we're students of pop culture, is that we see how people try to get their hooks in famous people like this. And, like, you know, whether it be Hillsong Church or whether it be, you know, uh, remember, like, remember that dude? Who was the dude that used to hang out with Beaver back in the day? The, uh, the Ryan Good. No, the African American kid that got into it, like, he, like, he had a code name. It was like Pop Kush or something. I'm talking like, Seven years. It was when he lived in that mansion where they got sued for egging or something. Like little twiz or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like a little something. It was a little like, and you know, I think he's past that like kind of the stage of his life. But I don't. I don't know. Like I don't have tons of. I I want the best for him. Weirdly enough, like I I do want th- good things for him. But you miss the pop stars, and I know a lot of people hate Justin Timberlake, but you miss somebody that's like. Justin Timberlake to me is like Tasha from The Bachelor. She's there to like, she's like, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to go through all these guys. And Justin Bieber's like Claire, where like, <laughs> like totally ruins, totally ruins the show, totally just thinking about themselves and how hard it is. And then like, yay, I found love. Like for some reason, I miss pop stars. They're able to like pull it together. Like Beyonce to me is like somebody that's always able to, if I tell you I'm going to be there at eight, I'm going to be there at eight. Yeah. I'm not going to make you wait. And I think there's something to be said for responsible pop stars. And uh, I think Justin is, he's, you never know. Something could happen last minute and he might not show up. Like he's undependable in a lot of ways. And I think we always kind of go around really liking Justin, but also we, I don't expect a lot from him. And I think at any second, his whole psyche could break. (laughs) If that makes sense. I actually completely agree with you. And he's doing a lot of like performances and stuff right now. And I am so nervous for him for that. I remember last time he was on tour, he's breaking down on stage and Scooter Braun's like, you're doing great. Continue, please. And then this past weekend, he put up an Instagram story and he was like, I Google myself. And they put up pictures of me when I was sick, when I was fighting Lyme disease. I called Google and they they won't tell me why they do this. And I'm like, it's SEO. It's SEM. Like, 
you don't understand that. I un- I get it. But also, it takes a while, I guess. It takes a while for people to, like, forget about that, you know? And it wasn't yeah. that long ago, and he doesn't look that different. But also, be proud of that journey, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, no, like, th- this is part of a journey. This is like, you know, if, if you're a star in, in today's age, or in, like, you know, is that it, you go in phases, you know? And we've seen Justin Bieber go from a kid to where he is now and had so many phases. And I'm really happy with, like, where he seems to be right now and, like, how he seems to be in a happier mood. And, um, you know, I don't know. Like, and, and hopefully it'll be all about the music. And, like, the Holy Song is kind of catchy, I guess. But, um, you know, I still just think it's so funny. I mean, we talk about this on my show all the time. Is that clip of um, him calling his fans and asking them to stream yummy and like all you know there's like this clip i play all the time and this girl's like justin calls this girl out of nowhere and he's like justin ah, ah, and he goes and he goes do you, do you have your computer on you <laughs> and she's like and she's like what she's like do you have your computer on you and she's like ah, ah, no i don't have my computer on me like she and he he's basically trying to ask her to stream yummy and like it is one of the weirdest calls i've ever heard in my life because then he's like okay, do you have your phone? And he's like, take your phone out, and I want you to stream Yummy as many things. And she's like, of course, Justin, of course, of course. And then you can already tell he's kind of bored, so he starts doing accent work. He's like, you're a great fan, mate. You're very good, you know? And it's just like, this guy must be so desensitized to dealing with women, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's, so used, he's so used to women crying near him or in his face or on the phone like they're always crying out of happiness around him and just think about how weird that would be to get used to it and i think during the time of yummy he was not well that was the iv bag time yeah totally he just yeah i do i have a lot of sympathy for justin bieber and i give him shit i do i think he's being really annoying with sean mendez right now i get they're like canadian brothers but there was an interview and he's like I don't even know who Sean Mendez is. And they were doing a live stream and he was like, just so you know, man, like when I said that, I really, I really didn't know who you were. And Sean's kind of like, why are we talking about this? And I'm like, Justin just wants to be liked. He wants to be liked again. Well, I mean, just, just think about it. I mean, just Justin has no clue of how life really works anymore for any of us, you know? Like, yeah. And I mean, and, and, and I think he's actually doing a lot of good, hopefully with, you know, he doesn't seem like somebody, he seems like somebody that struggles with himself internally a lot, which no matter how rich or successful you are, of course, you know, like those are real things. So I do not like take that away from him. It's just that like his experience is so far beyond any of our experiences that we will ever have in our lives. And that just must be so much mentally for somebody that's not completely, uh, you know, grounded to deal with. So you kind of had me interested when you brought up Beyonce, Justin Timberlake. Who do you think are, like, quintessential pop stars? Like, when you think pop star, who are, say, like, two or three or four people who come to mind? Well, I mean, of course Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. But Britney Spears kind of falls now into that category of, unfortunately, because of everything that's happened to her, she's kind of undependable and has been for a long time. But you really think about her as a quintessential pop star. You know, I there are so many I, I like Britney, but I'm not fanatical uh, about her like all of my friends are. And it just it that when that came out, it meant so much to so many people in their lives mm-hmm. that you're like, that's an automatic pop star like that will never that will never change. They will always have those memories 
of Britney, which will make them remember themselves at that age, which was like always such a good point of a lot of people's lives. So I think that's what pop star really is, is that kind of what it makes you feel or how somebody makes you feel. And Britney is just so beloved, you know, like, you know, even the free Britney movement and stuff like we see that Britney might not be completely all there, but there's nothing but love for her. Whereas you see a lot of other times people will viciously make fun of somebody in that, in that state with Britney, it's like hands off. You cannot make fun of Britney. You that's know? true. Yeah, and, I agree. And I think that's a huge thing. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you, which by the way, because I know you are like, like I don't like Taylor means so much to the music industry and to so many people. And I am a huge Taylor fan now over the last couple of years. But she's a dependable pop star, and almost. She's so dependable, and what she's actually becoming known for is standing up for yourself, is like all of these kind of really good values, but she's missing that key element of being a pop star of kind of being weirdly crazy, you know, like, kind yeah. of being, you know, like she, she doesn't have that, like she's really seems so grounded, and I'm curious if Taylor will ever have a period I mean, I know Reputation Era was a little more dangerous for Taylor, but she was still in control of that image. And I sometimes wonder if Taylor will, I mean, also, it's got to be exhausting to be out of control, I would imagine, like some of these pop stars are. But anyways, yeah, Britney Spears, definitely. Uh, I would say in sync more than Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. I would say that 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 in sync era, you know, no strings attached, was one of, if not the highest... Uh, highest selling first week sales of any album i think first day sales were like 2.1 million which is now unheard of you know but just that that kind of pure like that kind of excitement over a male pop group was like insane and i always think that is like pop star as well and that includes justin timberlake and then uh i'm trying to think who i i know i'm probably leaving out so many people and a lot of these people you can kind of push together you know like you know, the 98 degrees and all of those people. But I also put you very on, I put you very on the spot. So I was just kind of curious who like pops in your head when you think pop star. Yeah. Like it's also like, I think because pop star is changed. Like pop star right now is like a Justin Bieber. Like, but I don't, I'm not so like, like I don't know tons about like, uh, who, who is it? BS, uh, BS, BKT or B. Oh, BGK. the K pop. The <laughs> like B- BTK, the serial killer. <laughs> no, the, the, uh, the, um, the K pop group. K pop. The K pop group, yeah. Like, who, what's that? What is I, BTS? BTS, I think. Yes, yes. Like, they're huge right now. Is that, like, considered, are those considered pop stars? Like, I kind of don't know. And I, I really feel like that's not even, you know, it shouldn't even be me commenting on because pop stars also, I feel like, it's like a certain age, you know, like there's a certain age where like the kids determine the pop stars. Yeah. You know, like would you, you love Usher, would you consider Usher a pop star? I would consider Usher more like R&B entertainer. So I would put him in like a different category than I'd put Backstreet Boys in. Um, and I, I let you get away with talking good about NSYNC, so you know I like you if I'm letting you do that. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, to me, Usher's so different because he's a solo artist and he's been a solo artist for so long. And I just think he's an incredible singer, dancer. He has like, he has the whole X Factor, everything. But I would, I guess I'd put him in that group, but I I put him a little higher than Pop Star. I think Pop Star is almost a little cheaper. See, I, you're totally right. You're totally right. 
Like, Britney Spears, she's a pop star to me. She is an entertainer, but, like, Christina Aguilera, she has that, like, voice. You know what I, I, there's always fights between Christina and Britney, and to me, I always say Britney was able to dance, she was able to kind of sing, and she entertained people. Whereas Christina, um, I just listened to the Dunzo podcast, do you listen to that at all? Of course, Troy's been on the show a couple times, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great, and he just did a Christina deep dive, and he made a point, he was like, Christina was not brought up in pageants. She did not know how to make people like her the way Britney did. And I was like, yep, there it is. There's the disconnect between Christina and Britney. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's brilliant, totally. I don't even know how we got on that rant, but I'm glad we did. (laughs) No, but it's great. I mean, I, I feel like this is all kind of... These are all one thing. I think even, like, when you take reality shows or Housewives, like, it's all offshoots of pop culture, you know? Like, this is all one thing, you know? It's all in the same DNA. Before I let you go, are there any last words you want to say about Max Elrich? (laughs) You're allowed to curse on your show, right? Oh, yeah, swear away. Okay. Max, if you are listening... Shut the fuck up or I am going to fucking hurt you. Like, you are such a little pipsqueak. And if I ever find you calling the paps while you're praying on a beach again, I will literally come down to that beach and kick sand in your face. I am not a violent person at all, but you are so annoying. You are so – keep your mouth shut or somebody's going to shut it for you. Be careful, man. I got my eyes on you. We all got our – you are not doing yourself any favors in the long run, Max. I'm telling you. You better watch it, dude. Two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor, dude. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and with that, Ryan, you are awesome. I'm so happy you came on. I, I'm glad I got to keep you on for, you know, an hour just to pick oh your... Oh, my God. I would, have got, I would have got three with you, so... Pick your pop culture brain all day. But where can people find you? I know you have the podcast, the Instagram, yeah, yeah. Twitter, but it, I'm going to let you hype yourself that, up. Yeah, that's it. You, I mean, like, uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey's the podcast... Kelly's been on a bunch, uh, actually. Start with the 50th episode if you haven't, because it has Dumas, Kelly. Like, it's a really, you know, if these are long-form podcasts, but I will be making an announcement soon. I will be going to a shorter form, um, and that's going to be happening very soon, and I'll tell you about that in a second, Kelly. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. And the, the Instagram is just silly, and I make fun of a lot of pop culture things and reality shows, and it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. and. Uh, DM me. I love talking with people on there and I don't even like, I really just genuinely love talking to people on DM. So, uh, I love talking to that more than I do talking to people in real life. So, uh, yeah, check it out if it's your thing. If not, I totally get it. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for even giving them a shot. I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have the best Thanksgiving. I hope it's not stressful. And I hope this podcast made you laugh a little bit. I just want to say, I read this quote and it was like, would you be your friend if you talked to if someone talked to you the way you talk to you and I think we all need to do better at self-talk so I'm gonna leave it at that I'm gonna leave it at that after Ryan just ripped apart Max Erich but I did want to end on a positive note and I did want to say thank you guys for listening and I hope you have an awesome week there might be a new episode next week I might take a week off but there I'm it's not gonna be hills the next episode whatever I release is not gonna be a hills episode it's gonna be an episode you guys have been asking for for a very long time so I'm gonna leave you with that I hope you have an awesome rest of your week have an awesome Thanksgiving and I'll talk to you soon bye